LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Sana Fatima of So by Sana, who is a fashion designer here in Chicago. Her brilliance comes from how she hand-makes every piece that can fit multiple body shapes and sizes, is simple yet elegant. She's taken the fashion industry's stance on sustainability by storm with her garments. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this fun little conversation with So by Sana. So today we're sitting down with Sana of So by Sana. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Really good. So tell us what you do in one to two sentences. What I do? Oh my god, see, that's, that's the way I like, I just can't answer these questions. Like You're that. in school. Okay. You're a designer that I stalked at the Asian Chicago Fashion Show. I didn't know you stalked me. We were there. I knew Anson really well. Um, yeah, so like, I am in school, um, trying to get into healthcare, and like, at the same time, like, I'm trying to do something that I'm passionate about, like design. Yeah. Well, I used to be, I learned fashion design back in India. I studied it. Okay. Yeah. And then like... In college in, or? In college, okay, yes. Nice. That's what I went to college for back in India. And then like, um, so like I just did a certificate course and they wanted me to like continue on for my bachelor's. But I just decided to like get more practical knowledge and like get into the industry instead of like continuing on college and like... Um, started interning with like local designers. Cool. It was a lot of fun. Learned a lot. Um, so like it being an Indian market, we mostly worked with like bridal wear and like a lot of embroidery or neat stuff and everything. Okay, interesting. Um, and then I like moved on to different designers with like different styles. So I worked with like this really cool designer back in India who was into recycling a lot of things. So like he used to make these dresses. Like, his style was more like pop and okay. quiche. And he used to like make these dresses out of like um, used chips wrappers, which is like so he used to like take um, packets of lace chips and he used yeah. to like quilt them and like make dresses out of those, which was like really cool. That's super cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and I got to learn a lot from him, and um, so I worked as an assistant designer, like worked for a lot of fashion shows back in India backstage, designed a lot of collections for about like I think five to six years. Um, and then I moved here to America. Yeah. So we had a chance to meet, oh, I watched you and your other stuff walk at Chicago Asian Fashion Show. That was the first time they ever put that on. You know, I know Latina put that on and stuff like that. As a, a person watching it, it was a little all over the place. Which, you know, comes for the first time someone puts something together. What was it like as a designer? Have yourself shown there? Um, it was pretty cool actually. Um, I wasn't nervous at all, and I felt like 
Um, that was my second time showing in Chicago. So I've been here like for five years and ever since I've been here I've tried to like really get a foot in the industry and like um, because I'm so new to the industry here like try to network and like make my contacts and understand how things really work here. And then I realized like it's so different from like how it works back in India. Like I literally had to like start learning from scratch. And um, like while I was doing that, like I started working at Zara and I realized like mass fashion is not really something I'm interested in anymore just because it's like so overwhelming and so harmful um, to the environment and like I learned a lot more about just because I had more resources and more organizations and people who are interested in doing the same things like I learned a lot more about like slow fashion and like ethical fashion and um, fair trade and that was very interesting um, there's this designer called Jamie Hayes who teaches at Columbia and she's really into like slow and ethical fashion learned a lot from her um, so basically I was just networking trying to really understand it was a really slow process and it was very frustrating and like to be honest I almost gave up on it sure. because I was like it's and I also realized at the same time like I cannot make this my career choice here in America because it's so difficult to survive um, because it, it compared to how it works in India you need to like literally live breathe and eat fashion here if you really want to like make a mark here you know you have to like yeah. like I've seen college students and how they really like talk to them and I, I like I've talked to them and like how they really like got their foot in the industry and how dedicated and committed they had to be you know and I felt like I couldn't do that also because um, I had other priorities like I was married at that time and so I really couldn't like commit myself to the to this career like completely so I tried to find like ways around how to like really keep my passion alive and I found like slow fashion um, try to come up with my own collection um, the one thing that I'm really like happy about is that back in India like I never really like how it works over there because labor is so cheap um, the designers themselves don't really construct the garments they're not really very yeah very like heavily involved in the construction process they kind of like delegate the tasks to like like master tailors and then you know tailors under them and like we have a lot of like people working like um, the designer that I was working for back in India we had I think we had a force of like at least 100 employees and like I was managing a part of them and then my colleagues were managing another section of it and stuff like that so um, we would just like make sketches and like hand it over to like the tailors and the garment manufacturers it was like a mini manufacturing factory over yeah. there but um, so we would like just explain to them what we want and then they would just make the pieces and I never really like I'm not proud to say that but I never really like made any dress myself back in India so like when I came here I did I found out like labor is so expensive and like there's no way I can like make a collection you know like it's yeah. so expensive it's gonna be so costly um, so I decided to learn how to make dresses myself like not that I didn't know but I, because I'd never done it I like had to like start from scratch and like really learn the nuances of it um, and uh, there's this one person that I'd like to mention who's like really helped me all through this and he was like my first friend ever in America. His name is Chad, Chad Elliott. He used to, I mean, he he's really big into like manufacturing and like designing and anything to do with like art and creativity. And 
friends, the most amazing human being like I've ever met here. And um, took a few classes with him, and he really encouraged me in like developing my style and like the whole learning process and everything. Um, and then kind of life took over, and um, I mean it kind of like left out somewhere in the middle. Um, and then I realized, like, I was I was doing, like, a lot of pattern making. I don't know if you understand, like, the difference between pattern making and draping, but, like, pattern making requires, like, a lot of detailing and, you know, going back and forth between paper patterns and muslin patterns and stuff like that. And um, I just felt like that whole process was, like, so overwhelming and it was just, like, not something I was enjoying. Um, so... I think the, the person that I am, I always like to make things easier for me, like work smarter and like not make, not like, I get really tired of things that are too difficult, like I get bored very easily. So I wanted something that was a lot easier, a lot faster and still looked good, still worked right. as a collection. So I decided to come up with like my own pieces that were like super easy to make, super quick and... I think the fact that I was bored and the fact that garment making was like so difficult was kind of the push that like took me towards developing this collection that I have now which is like these really simple and easy to make pieces that I can make on my own and I can actually like you know give my name to them and be like okay I created this on my own and not had somebody else make it um, and they are also designed to like fit more than one size so like every dress that I make can be worn from like a size 2 to like a size 6 and that's what I wanted to show like in this show that I had and the, all the models were like different sizes and they, they were very models. extreme yeah. yeah not like super super not like like 100 pounds, 300 pounds, but like it was very distinct. <laughs> you don't like, go around weighing them. I know, but like, I'm, 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 not, I'm, saying, I'm saying like different sizes. Like I'm saying like right. it was really cool how the models weren't all just like classic New York runway size models. Yeah. A lot of them were like, I actually like know some of the people that walked. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, this like is awesome that like a lot, I've been in shows where they're like, the person pointing on is like, if you don't like the fit, if you don't like what you're wearing, let us know. That's super cool you made something where just like, you can just wear yeah. this because it's gonna fit you. It's gonna, yeah. Yeah, and like, there was this one show that I did. Um, the first that I did was with this designer called Eloise Mamba, and this is the second show that I did. So it was like pretty easy for me, but it was also a learning process. And like, when you talk about fits, that was another thing that like pushed me towards making something that's again easier because I was like, when they called me and they were like, hey, do you need to come down for fittings? And like, we have all these dates and all these models coming. And I'm like, nope, I'm okay. I can just come down like the day before and just have all the models wear my dresses. So I was like really happy about this design, this collection that I made, yeah. And it just fit everybody so beautifully. Uh, like, like you said, like all the, all the models were like various sizes. And I was happy about that because then I got to like, you know, show it to people that like it could fit literally anybody. Yeah. It was it was a super fun event for me. We uh we had VIP seats if you will. But like the, yeah, uh, you were the, 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 set, the, the setup was like a, a figure eight. It was just like super entertaining yeah. to like see people walk away and towards you from like yeah. I guess where we were sitting. Yeah. Right. But it also makes sense to me too that you know, you don't want to pursue something with a hundred percent of your time. Yeah. I remember in high school my brother wanted to be a professional golfer. 
Right. And my dad's like, well, if you want to play professional sport, you need to do this amount of practicing per week. Yeah. You give up this amount on your weekends. You need to do whatever. And he's like, I'm good at golf. I like golf. Yeah. But my friends are playing video games on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock after we finish our homework. Yeah. My dad's like, well, you should probably practice golf in that time if you want to be a pro. He's like, I want to play video games, right? Like, right. nothing wrong with this decision. Like, he right. still has a great time playing golf now. Yeah. But I feel his understanding of, like, at that point, it takes the fun out of it, right? Right, like, yeah. When, if when you have to, like, so force yourself to do something that, you know, and you'd, when you'd rather be doing something else, too, at the same time, like, yeah. I don't, I mean, I understand people say it, but I can't relate. Like, well, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, yeah. Tell me a job or a career where every aspect of your job is something you want to do. Exactly. People, people miss that out. People are like, okay, I love cooking, but that's not just what a chef does, you know? Like, there are so many things to run a restaurant. Yeah, like, <laughs> yep, that too. So, um, yeah. So, like, when you're putting together your designs, what kind of goes through your mind? What, aside from making it simple and elegant, do you have some sort of motivation or something that inspires you? Making it easy. Fair. <laughs> like, easy to make. What, um, what kind of materials do you generally like to work with, then? I'm sorry, what? What kind of materials do you like to work with, then? I, oh, I like to work with, like, uh, materials that are really flowy and that would, like, um, sit on the body well. Okay. You know, nothing that would, like, stand out. Again, like, because, like, my designs are made like that. Something that my designs would only suit materials that are, like, flowy, you know? So, and, like... Um, if you pay attention to my designs, like, they always have these straps that you need to, like, tie around the waist, because, or you can just leave them like that, so e either it could be, like, super flowy, or it could be cinched at the waist, and so, like, for that to happen, you need to have, like, materials that are, like, really nice and flowy and smooth and form-fitting, yeah. Awesome. So, in addition to your kind of passion for fashion, what else are you into? I'm still, like trying to discover my passions to be honest like the past few years have been like really rough so I'm like kind of rediscovering everything um I'm really passionate what I discovered after coming to Chicago is like I'm really passionate about architecture apparently interesting yeah yeah have you been on the architecture tours here on the boats I have and I've hated them really yeah. they're like so enthralling and you can like interact and no, you can't. <laughs> you really can't. You're just like pretty much freezing on the boat in the wind and like just looking at stuff and like because all they tell you is about the dates and the history. They don't even tell you like like anything about the architecture. All they tell you is about the dates and when these buildings were made and what happened to them. But like they don't tell you the different details on the buildings. They don't point them out. There's no time to like look at those details when you're going on the boat. You should really experience the architecture in Chicago by walking through all those buildings. Yep. Taking your time, looking up, looking at every single detail. I have a friend that is, in a nice way, a Chicago know-it-all. And when I first moved to Chicago, after I met him, I had like a lot of free time. Because I didn't know many people or whatever. He's like, hey man, I'm just going to go for a walk at like 5.30 after work. Do you want to come with me? Yeah. I would go meet him in some neighborhood. And he'd be like this, this, and this about this building, this, this, and this. Oh my Chicago. God, I would love to meet him. He actually had signed up to work for this company doing like tours. 
one of the tours that like I went on the, the test run for was like uh, the ghost tour in Chicago. So we talked about different ghosts, like uh, myths in Chicago, like these different buildings. Right. But he would always like, so he would always do that kind of stuff, just like talking about things. And I'm like, and then I like, try to tell my parents, my brother, when they're in town, my brother lives here. But, like we're all together. I'm like, oh, all this, and then they ask me a question, and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, answer's not in my notes. Like, this is awkward. Like, <laughs> but I, I totally agree with you. Like, I love, like, history kind of stuff. Like, those kind of things. And just, like, understanding, like, this is what happened here and why. Like, yeah. I, I took for, I think, what was four years ago, we took my dad on the, um, oh, man. I forgot what it's called, but it's a tour where you get on a bus and it goes through all of, like Al Capone's like stops. Like, it's like oh yeah, the Green Mill and like, all the other places, right? Did you guys go to the Green Mill, Green Mill yeah. up north? Yeah. Yeah. And so like coincidentally, that night we also had dinner at one of the stops we were at where it was all like it was dinner and a show where all the actors are your servers, right? But they like, sat there at, in a bus stop and they're like, someone super knowledgeable sits there for five minutes and says this, this, and this. You can still see the bullet holes, whatever, and this is why this happened. In Chicago? Yeah. That is so interesting. It's the, uh, I've got to go on this tour. They, they pick you up at the uh, big McDonald's, so they used to. Okay. So I remember, like, we, we surprised my dad, like, well, let's go to McDonald's. He's like, I hate McDonald's. I'm like, <laughs> I want to get ice cream. He's like, it's 10.30, why you want ice cream? I'm like, let's just sit here. And then he, like, goes to me and stuff, right? Because we're, like, waiting for it to start. We didn't want to see it, right? Um, and then he's just like get a little nervous like, but then he loved it right so it's just like stuff like that where it's and you can relate to the architecture it's super fun yeah and coincidentally one of my clients right now for recruiting we do 5D architecting maps okay. like it's super cool so I'm like getting more and more into architecture like understanding what it is right I couldn't tell you why because like I, I couldn't read some stuff about like I'm not really interested in though like the technical aspect of it I'm more like about the historical aspect of the buildings in Chicago and yeah like the beauty of it it's just so like breathtaking it's just mind blowing what's interesting to me is figuring out how cities decide what's historical enough to keep right Right. So I just went to Madison, and even so ten years since I've been to school there, and then in the last two years since I've been there, I was there last year too. But like, it's like this building's gone, this building's gone. Like, what is historically like keepable? Like, what actually is worthwhile? It's like, well, like how did they decide it? I don't know. I, I I wonder that all the time, because there's like plenty of buildings. Like I was like, had classes and just boom, smashed, or right. like restaurant site used to eat at Smash, like, we're going to put in this, like, 47-story high-rise with an infinity pool on top for all the kids that whose parents pay for their college and their housing, like... I think it has a lot to do with, like, who is fighting to keep that building alive. Fair. Right, there are a lot of organizations who have, like, ties to certain buildings and, like, they know the history behind it, and especially architects who know like the nuances and like how important the building is when it comes to like when it relates to architecture and like historical architecture and like for example the buildings that that were created in chicago after the fire like they were so technologically advanced compared to you know the architecture at that time that the architects know what it's all about and yeah. so like how much they are willing to fight to like keep it alive you know and like especially um, and also like open it to public and like open it to tourism to like get the money 
to like manage and conserve that building. So I don't think the government really cares about it. It's all these different groups and like people who are like personally trying to keep these buildings alive, I guess. In regarding tours, I think it's super relevant to, unfortunately, how good your tour guide is, right? Like, I've been on, I think, five or six architecture tour boats, right? And there's one really of them. Oh, yeah, that's my, my mom, when it comes down, she loves those, right? And so, I just remember one guy, we literally took a boat, understanding the company, went out to the lake, and then turned around. In the like three, four minutes that we're turning around, everyone's taking pictures, he just takes out a brush and starts like brushing his like shoulder length hair. I'm like, why in the world do you think this is a good time? Throughout the course of your entire day, yeah. you should be brushing your hair right now. Right. I remember anything about the architecture tour. I just remember this dude brushing his hair. Or like you literally like ruined my architecture tour. I don't remember That's anything. so weird. <laughs> you don't think any of the the typical commentary ruined it for you? Like you oh, know I, what the tour guides do? There, there's and, there's like, plenty the of jokes like, that they make. And, like seriously. Or the jokes like their friends like on board like oh like Susan knows I like coffee. I can't believe you actually sat through all those tours, like with all the kids around. Like, oh my god, I've had such horrible experiences. The one we had in uh, September, there was an Eastern European group behind us that would just not stop talking. Like, the whole time, like. And they were very loud, too. Oh my god. It wasn't about anything important, It it was about like. Not, the not tour. yeah, not an interesting like, like thing. I mean, you can kind of tell what they're talking about, but it was never like. But I'll give you this though. One fun thing that we saw was hilarious. Uh, for my friend's bachelor party the other day, we rented a pontoon boat, so we were just cruising down the river, just hanging out, having some beers, like a couple guys hanging out, like nothing too crazy. And for some reason, uh, I think it's the former post office off Van Buren that was the building that they're renovating. Right. There was a helicopter taking stuff from like the ground to the roof, right? Helicopter, as we're going by, screwed up, took part of no. the payload, and smashed it into the building. Oh my god. <laughs> we were just like a little bit past it already, so we couldn't turn around enough to see the, what happened, but like we saw like smash into it, like, oh man. Oh man, that guy probably lost his job oh, or easily. something. Oh, totally. Like, I don't know how he even finished that, like, you know, yeah. rest of his day. Aww. That's horrible. I wish I'd seen that though, that would be cool. But I mean, I think, well, like I said, I think there's a new company, there's big, like, Walgreens or something is moving into the old post office. Like, it's just interesting. Like, Walgreens? I think so, yeah. At the old post office by Congress? Yeah. Really? I think so, yeah. It's a huge place for Walgreens to yeah. move in, though. Well, they're moving from, if it is them, it'll be, they're moving from their uh, suburbs of, like, headquarters. Oh, they're moving the headquarters yeah. over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah not, right. not a pharmacy. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm like, that's too huge a place for people to, like, oh, go yeah. shopping. <laughs> but that's something that, like, I think things like that is, like, when you still refer to it as the former whatever back in the day, it keeps a really cool significance. Like, yeah, because, like, like the Macy's on State Street, like, former, former Marshfield, Marsh, what's the name? Marshalls, or... Yeah, Marshalls, yes. No, Marshalls. Marshalls, yeah. 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 And like those buildings are just gorgeous. Have you been inside the Macy's on State Street? Oh, plenty of times, yeah. 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 Did you look up at the roof? Yeah. The mosaic. Oh my God. I think one of all the time actually. We were talking about church before this. Like, we have like an empty like space like uh, behind the altar at my church. I'm like, what would it take to commission someone to paint that? I'm also like, who do I even know that has the guts to like 
paints like a ceiling. Like. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's just stuff like that. Like, it's just like you, you just think about what all these. What would you paint though, like in the church, if it's in the non-denominational like, church? Like, some Da Vinci thing, whatever. <laughs> Some of that, I just about that all the time, like, it's just, like, historical significance, that, like, there's plenty of, so we're, the first company I worked for here in Chicago, it's, uh, one of the Chicago murals of Chicago, okay. my boss's house is, like, right behind it, like, literally, it, that was a parking lot I parked in, and so I brought my place in Bucktown, and so I see it all the time, I was thinking, like, how significant people's photos are of that, like, on social media right now. Oh, really? That then, yeah. Wow. It's like, people were just like, and I was working with a street artist from my, the gallery I used to work at, coming from Korea to do some street art here, and they just didn't go well. You just think about those kind of things where it's just like, you try to just make a difference in a small way, but how big of a ripple effect right. that can have. Yeah. Right, which is exactly what we are talking about. Architecture is, you use some of the time and effort to make it worth interesting and worthwhile it can be super significant yeah. but also you don't want to forget the significance like yes the you know willis tower sears tower whatever is no longer the tallest building in the world yeah but it was still super relevant to building buildings but would you way. rather preserve the willis tower or like preserve the tribune building is my question like oh, you know. tribune Exactly, and why is this what I want to know? Is like, why would people preserve the Tribune building for? Like, it looks super gothic style, old school. Right? The style of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I went in there for an interview, and I had to take two elevators just to get to my interview. So you had to go up to like twelve, get off, and then go up two more, and then like I'm walking around the office, I'm like. I could never work here. This is like a prison. I feel bad. Really? Was it that bad? Uh. Oh, you mean like how you had to take two elevators and uh, stuff like no. that? It wasn't that. It was just like the the office space was very cramped and awkward. Okay. And like. I've never been inside, so like I really want to know what the inside of these buildings look like. Which is, which I've been to a couple, and it's been kind of like really disappointing. Like I went to the Palmer House. lobby right with the frescoes on the ceiling and everything but then you go up to a couple floors and then like they talk about all these different halls and they have all these really fancy names and then you go inside and it's like just a big room with like a really horrible old like chandelier in the center of the hall and like it's nothing i've been to a few uh, events there like the taste for the love of chocolate we went there where it's like an entire floor yeah and you look around like oh there's like a balcony <laughs> cool <laughs> There's a chandelier, like you mentioned, like, oh. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I should tell you why I went to the Palmer House, though. Like, I I don't know if you know about my page, so, like, so I'm also into styling. So I just recently started, like, this page where I want to, like, style and put my, like, develop my content like that on Instagram. Cool. So they had this, uh, they had these modeling auditions. I don't remember the name of the company, but it was more like charity based and it was to develop awareness about like suicide prevention i forgot what suicide? it was about okay. yeah 
Well, my you, friend, you, someone I know who does, uh, does suffer, like, uh, human trafficking. Okay. No, I think this was about, like, suicide prevention because okay. they talked really heavily about the people who started this organization and then they started, like, um, running fashion shows to, like, uh, fund their organization. Um, they had had personal experiences of, like, losing their loved ones to suicide. So, yeah, so they were trying to, like, you know, uh, have models come up because they were, like, this is going to be an unpaid volunteer um, yeah. position. So, like, anybody who's interested in, like, it's most like a collaboration, you yeah. know. So I was there to, like, um, yeah. So I'll show you. Yeah. So, well, basically I'm trying to, like, get into everything, the aspect of fashion, like, modeling or styling or, like, developing a collection. Well, it makes total sense to understand yeah. both sides of it. Yeah. Right? Like. Yeah. It's interesting, and also because, like, I'm getting the opportunity to explore all of this here, which is not possible back in India. So, yeah. When, uh, when I worked Chicago Fashion Week, like, I just bounced around a bunch. Like, I went to the back room. I was like, is it my, am I allowed to be back here? Are people naked? Like, no, they're sitting there waiting to walk out. Or, like, where's my food, you know? But yeah. it's just like, I got such a better grasp of what all goes on. In the back? Well, in general, the show, right? Like, right. both the back and the front. Uh, yeah. It's just like, you know, it takes effort and whatnot, but, like, that's something, like, I can't handle. It's just like, oh, this is, like, so difficult. They have to, like, put clothes on and, like, walk out. It's just like, but what is your issue? Just change your outfit. Like, I guess it takes a while to no, put on. I think you've got the wrong idea, though, because it depends on how big a scale the show is held on and, like, how well it's organized. Um, like the one that Victoria organized, it was like really well organized and oh, yeah. I think the models had like good enough time to like change back into clothes but then there were times when, especially if a model is running, is walking for like multiple designers, yep. then you will see that person like really flustered and like visually like trying to get out of the outfit and yeah. stuff, yeah. So maybe you went at the time and like everybody was like really peaceful and quiet. And yeah, stuff, before the show started, because it was just starting yeah. late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, while, while the models were like changing, you were outside, like, right? During the I was working, yeah. Like, I was working when they were walking, yeah. 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 I was on, I was on uh, <laughs> vacuum duty, yeah. <laughs> I had a vacuum red carpet every day. I was like, this is so bad, yeah. Yeah. And I really enjoy the frenzy that happens backstage. It's just like so exciting, you know, like it's, it's actually difficult to handle sometimes, but like it's so exciting. That's the best part about a fashion show that I love is like that whole frenzy about like trying to get models to change and like, you know, trying to like organize and manage everything. And yeah. It makes total sense that like, people are so close in the community. Like, you go through so much to make something happen in like a two hour time frame. Yep. Yeah, you're like managing multiple things at the same time, yeah. Like one of my friends, uh, really good, really good friends, he was a designer for one of the models for Victoria's show. And like beforehand, he like comes out and like talks to us. I'm like, dude, aren't you nervous about getting like stuff together? He's like, yeah, yeah. but I want to deal with it. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, I got my stuff set up, everyone knows what's going on. I just got out of there and just wanted to come relax because like you know stuff yeah. has to go well yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do you want to leave our listeners with before we sign off about you and your passions in life how can people follow you on instagram and support you well i have multiple pages right now like one is so by sana where i have like my collection that i make myself and so it's totally to do with like slow fashion ethical fashion and like Every single piece is, like, made with a lot of time and, like, you know, a lot of, like, uh, 
thought process goes into it, you know, when it comes to fabric and design and everything. I definitely do not want it to be like a mass production line at all in any way. Like something really small and personal and like custom probably. Um, so that's where people can follow me, so by Sana. And like I have this other page where it's called fstyling.7. Uh, I think I, I hope I get it right. But that's where I am putting up content uh, where I'm styling myself and like um, if anybody can get, you know needs any styling for inspirations or like any help styling like they could go check that out awesome what's up with that yeah this episode is sponsored by bites kitchen the best of times are always shared at the table good food good drinks good stories good friends wish i had any of those <laughs> At Bites, they believe that good food is more than merely a part of survival. It is their passion. It has the power of transcend language, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, they share their culture with new friends and old. They share a piece of who they are. And by coming together for meals, they trade good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, they want you to celebrate cultures from around the world. They've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, Korea, and more. They are also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how they shape their menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that is constantly evolving, a new story always awaits you at Bites. Show up, I guarantee you see me sitting with my Buddha in my hand. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. (laughs) 